You're listening to the e-commerce marketing show presented by Privy. Hey guys, welcome to Ecom Noms. I am your host, Kristen LaFrance. This week we have a very special episode because honestly, I don't think anyone needs to hear about news in e-commerce from me right now. Our country and world the last few weeks has been rocked by the news of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and, and so many more Black lives that have been lost due to our deeply rooted, systematic, racist structure. So this week, I wanted to bring on a voice that actually really, really matters, because as much as we love e-commerce and tend to think of it as a very welcoming space, we are not immune to these issues. And I think a lot of us are noticing that there is a huge diversity issue within the DDC space. So welcoming Kunle Campbell to speak with us this week on these diversity issues within the space. Kunle is an e-commerce advisor, host of the Two Times e-commerce show, and an international speaker. I really want to encourage you to listen closely to this episode, take notes, and really internalize what Kunle shares. He has some incredible insights, stories, and solutions that I truly believe can help us shape a better future for DTC. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, Kunle. Thank you so much for joining this special segment of Ecom Noms. I was really thinking about it and realized that my voice on e-commerce news is not the one that needs to be heard right now. And I think there's a really big conversation to be had about the diversity issues within e-commerce that we've really seen come to light in the last couple weeks. And so I am so excited to welcome you to the show and excited to dive into this conversation. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you for giving me a voice. Yes, of course. So can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, and kind of what you've been working on in the space? Okay, so my name is Kune Campbell. Some people may know me from the 2X e-commerce podcast. I have been working in digital since about 2005. I have been working in e-commerce since about 2013. It's been an interesting journey. It's had its ups and downs. I'll give you lots of stories from the early days. Essentially, what I do now is I'm an e-commerce advisor. I work with two categories of businesses, businesses moving from seven to eight figures and businesses ambitious from zero to eight figures, essentially. Two areas of e-commerce I work in, acquisition and also conversions. I've been running the podcast for many years now and I've learned a ton from the guest. I think we're hitting about 280 episodes now. It's called 2X e-commerce. Wow. That's me in a nutshell. That's awesome. You really know the e-commerce space back and forth, which is exactly what we need. Really, in the last few weeks, in the last month, we've been really woken up to all of the inequality across the world. And we're seeing a lot on kind of the police brutality issue, but it's also, you know, a socioeconomic issue. It's a healthcare issue. It's an education issue. The roots of racism really dig a lot deeper than I think a lot of us wanted to recognize, even though we did kind of know it was there. And now we are thankfully being forced to really look internally and look externally and see all the factors that are going on. I want to focus today on talking about what inequality looks like within e-commerce specifically, because I think a lot of people like to think that the DTC space is very welcoming and it's exciting and anybody can kind of come in and get going. But 
that's obviously not the case for everyone. And that's really what we've seen is there's a built-in disadvantage. And I think systematically, the industry has a lot of kind of racist roots that we're now seeing. And a lot of brand operators are looking internally and saying like, wow, this is a big problem. Can you just kind of to open up, give your two cents on the issues that we're facing specifically within e-commerce? I would step in to say it is not only relevant to the e-commerce industry. It's in technology in general. I was in the SEO industry. It was pretty much the same. I moved into the e-commerce industry and it was slightly better from my experience, you know, and my experience was like I was offering the market something, which was like the podcast interviews. And I got to meet a lot of people. Now, Mm -hmm. not everybody's going to do that. If you look at it systemically, I think that's the best way to look at it to start. It really is down to two challenges we're facing, two big challenges. And this is technology and e-commerce and many other industries. First challenge is the skills gap. Black people specifically, you know, African-American people, I don't really like using the name, the connotation black. A lot of African-American people, people of African descent in Britain, because I'm dialing in from the UK, I live in the UK and the USA. I visited the USA several times. In the last 12 months, I think I've visited the US about five times. Wow. The thing is, there's a skills gap, massive skills gap. And you have to look at the black community, or I have to use the term, in not a single broad stroke. They are different contexts and different people. So in America, for instance, you have African-Americans with the whole 400 years of slavery. Mm-hmm. And then you have African immigrants, some coming from the Caribbean that have a legacy of slavery. And then you have Africans coming from Africa. There are three different stories, three different socioeconomic backgrounds. My parents, my mom is from the Gambia and my dad's from Nigeria. They studied in England. So there are two kinds of people of African descent that came to the UK. In the 60s, there were people who came in who were flown into the UK to sort out many old jobs because a lot of people died in World War II and there were lots of jobs needed to be filled. Mm-hmm. There were jobs such as you know, bus drivers, cleaners. So they were brought as immigrant workers into the country. And there were another batch of Africans that were prepping up to go and lead in Africa or to build African countries, essentially. And those came in directly to universities. So you'd find that many African immigrants in the United States and in the UK might have very strong educational backgrounds. I hear that Nigerians, Nigerians are the most educated ethnic group when you go across America in terms of the number of degrees they have per capita in the United States. You can check it out. You look at that, those are one set of Black people and there are over 150 million Nigerians in the world. Mm -hmm. Then you look at the African-American story, which we're all aware of and their pain, and you realize that even when you see Black representation in tech and in e-commerce or whatever industry, in the tech industry in general, you'd find some Nigerians who are advantaged because the reason most of them came to the States in the first place was for education, you know, Mm -hmm. largely very good quality education. And their African-American counterparts have had to struggle, had to fight for every single achievement they've made, every single move they've made up the chain. And so that is where a lot 
of energy beyond the e-commerce system, the D2C system. And I'll give you ways the D2C community can help, but that's the subgroup we need to help. We can't look at it like we're giving them aid, <laughs> like yeah. um, you know how people go to Africa to give aid, which mm-hmm. is another story in itself. But within the Black community, there requires a, a mindset change and they need to see the environment actually change. Mm-hmm. And they also need to be part of that change. It's an internalization of taking responsibility and tremendous help and empathy from the outside yeah. that would raise them up towards progress over this next generation. I'm talking about the next 50, 70 years. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Absolutely. And something I've actually heard from a lot of people that I've talked to kind of prepping for this interview was this idea of there are all these highly educated people of color. There are people that are interested in getting into the tech space, into the e-commerce space, but there's not a system set up to actually help them and mentor them. I'm just thinking about, you know, how many people as a white woman have just come to my aid and offered mentorship and offered guidance and given me these opportunities to grow and learn even in a public space. And I don't think those opportunities are necessarily shared over to the Black communities. And so it becomes this kind of chasm of vacuum where it almost feels like we are trapping and like you said, kind of putting a broad brush over the entire Black community instead of really thinking about, okay, there are individuals here and there are opportunities that maybe they don't have access to. So can we provide access to that? Can we actually start investing in people of color and bringing that mentorship and the guidance and the teaching into those communities so it can be like what you're saying, that internalized, but also a lot of help coming from the external space. Is that something that you have experienced or seen in the space is that there's just not as much of that? Is it a lack of education? Is it a lack of mentorship? Is it a purposeful lack of diversity creation in the space? Or where do you really see that balance kind of happening? If we look at it from an education standpoint, things can be done in institutions, right? If we also look at it from a mentorship standpoint, this is my personal experience. I was in university, Warwick University. I was writing my thesis, and this was around the e-commerce industry. It was called e-business, e-business management. And I was lucky. My project supervisor was a kind man, Mm -hmm. a very kind man. You can't get as white as that. He was a local chap from Coventry, Rob McGonagall. We had a family. He was bearded. He was a lovely person. He wanted to help. He was my first mentor. He's a good person. Now, the problem with people like me is, and even I'll give you an example of my son in school. You see, the problem with people like him is it's a lottery for you to get people that can empathize with your, shall I say, disadvantaged position. I don't like to phrase that. My mom taught me a lot of things in terms of just mindset framing, but just him leveling up with me, giving me support. I had two other students in our little team, but I gave him energy. I showed him how hungry I was and then he gave it back to me. The other two guys were okay, but they were just not as fired up as I was. Mm -hmm. I knew I just had that chance essentially. And off the back of that, he actually got me my first job because we were working in a company. And our case study was on a company and we were proposing at the time new online marketing ways to build it out, new online Mm -hmm. marketing channels. And off the back of that, he passed on the baton of mentorship again to the owners of that company. 
Yeah. So it takes a village to raise a child. And that's an African proverb, I think. I do think that it's a concerted effort. We, you know, members of the e-commerce industry, African-Americans, people of African descent, you know, Black people and their white counterparts need to be empathetic. We need to reach out. It's very hard. You know, D2C is a nascent space. It's new at the most ambitious end of the spectrum. The companies trying to become, you know, billion dollar corporations. And then at the lower end of the spectrum, you have seven and eight figure, you know, businesses. And then, you know, the really big sharks are the hundred plus, you know, businesses. Anything less than 10 million, it's a hustle. It's a struggle. But we have to kind of find time to help and give people opportunity. Now, one thing you can definitely do is internship. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I, I tell you, because I interned that 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 project was an internship. So yeah. the, the thesis was, um, you know, proposing like um, at the time, you know, SEO was completely new, you know, in the space, and we were, you know, working on the SEO for a company, and they gave me that opportunity pro bono for me to show my skills pro bono. Yeah, and even when you you you. You um, and it's even a problem here. It's a problem in the UK, where you go into the Goldman Sachs, you go into, um, you know, really big companies, essentially in, in finance and law, and you look at the interns. You know, there, there are two kinds of interns. There, there are the interns, you know, that, that are um, still in high school. You know, high school over a holiday period, and then you yeah. have the, the proper university interns. And um, unfortunately, you know, they. They they all tend to be to be white because yep. you know um it, because it's it's just born out of connections right um mm-hmm. and, and so it's within a little circle um and so giving people that opportunity um to as as early as possible gives them hope yeah I rewind back in the nineties late nineties I was in university and. You know, things were really, I mean, lots of, you know, stuff was hitting the fan essentially um, yeah. for me. And um, yeah, as in I was struggling essentially and I got one opportunity and I'll never forget this opportunity. My brother-in-law had a bookshop, a bookshop in, um, in, quite a hybro area in, in Lagos, Nigeria. He had a lovely bookshop in, in a five-star hotel. And I, I had a job over a holiday. About, it was like three months straight where I needed to report there at seven o'clock every morning. It was a lovely environment. I got, we mm-hmm. got international papers. We got international magazines in, you know, Forbes. We had financial. T- I, I started to, to understand like international media. There was a dot-com boom, you know, coming through. And I met a rainbow of people because, you know, the five-star hotel in, in Lagos, Nigeria, obviously would attract expatriates and, um, you know, um, high-flying people. Yeah, and, and that just opened up my eyes to the world, essentially, to opportunity and the world, and, and it straightened me up. The discipline mm-hmm. of coming in, you know, on a regular basis, um, reading, you know, quite a lot, you know, because yeah. that's the only thing I could do. Is it was a, it was half a magazine stand, and then the other was like books, all sorts of intellectual books from, 
um, from business strategy through to novels to 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 to, to, to African philosophy. It, it just was a broad spectrum. So I was like stuck in a library. Not stop, but I, I just enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a free library for three months. Yeah, setting me up, and um, from then on, it gave me a perspective. Even though I was reading economics at the time, I was like, you know what? Um, I want to go into tech. You know, and and those moments, those moments, those little moments help. So you know, um, get these. Get kids in. You, they don't need much, you know, from from, um, from 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 disadvantaged backgrounds. Get them in. Let them experience, you know, what it means to run a business. You can intern yeah. them as an entrepreneur. You could mm-hmm. intern them. I, I mean, um, Tristan Walker, um, the founder of Bevel, and um, he's he's, a, he's 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 an African American. Um, got an opportunity in, in Foursquare. Yeah, he's, he's running, you know, a multi-million-dollar company that I think has been acquired, half acquired. It's 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 co-owned with, with his entity and the conglomerate, you know. And his first big opportunity, first of all, was um, schools. He he got to experience what a private school environment. Yeah, which not not everybody can, you know, mm-hmm. really. And you find a lot in, in many stories. You find that okay, there was a change in education or something at some some point in in in, in the line that changed the orientation, which shows potential, by the way. And um, then you know he he interned while while in in um, in university, interned for force for Foursquare, and was given the opportunity in in um, in in a. Um, in Anderson, I think one of the VC companies to as a resident, you know, um, entrepreneur. And yeah. off the back of that, he came up with ideas, saw the potential, and he built out Bevel, which which is um, a, a a grooming suite of products for for African American men, and it's expanding, you know, quite rapidly. So, giving kids that opportunity, giving kids that opportunity is so important. Um, and and um, this just doesn't uh, apply to you know African Americans or you know black people you know helping other black people. It's it's everybody. You know, yeah. um, I I think you know we're at that stage where we're acknowledging the trauma. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I mean the whole of last week. I think I was like fifty percent capacity. Yeah, um, because Same. of all the you know all the the pain, you know, coming yeah. through. Um, and, and then, you know, it's, we're, 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 we're going to pass that acceptance now. And, and it's really, um, and it's helping us build capacity for empathy. Yeah. And, and now we need to commit, commit to, 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 to a cause one. And, and then after that, you know, we need to map out our strategy. You know, um, we need to really map out our strategy. So, so to the, D2C space, I'd say everybody, there are three major players in D2C. You have um, at the core, 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 the, the, the businesses, the entrepreneurs selling physical products. Then you have the software companies, um, the platforms, and, you know, um, and software companies actually, uh, the, the technology layer. Yeah. And then you have the investors, right? Mm-hmm. So all three major players all three major players and the supply chain, if, you, if you'd like to include it there, all three major players need to adjust their company values, you know, um, or if they already have company values, really strong company values, we really need to reconnect those company values to 
the commitment to change. Yeah. And off of that, the, the next step would be how are we going to support you? You then outline, you know, ways you can support. And really, you know, I'm still going back to it, which is helping disadvantaged, you know, communities. If you guys can commit to, and this is not necessarily that financially heavy a burden, but if you can commit to, and I'm not saying hiring, you know, someone in, um, to, to the warehouse, um, you know, if you could commit to getting three people over the next, we're in June now. Um, so from the month of July to December, commit to getting three people from disadvantaged, you know, um, um, you know, communities and um, kids, you know, less than 20 um, yeah. probably in high school and get them to shadow every, de- every department mm-hmm. at your company. You know, spend a week with, with sales and marketing, spend another week with, with the tech team, spend a, a week with finance, you know, spend, spend a week with, with the warehouse, you know, let them shadow through. And that just gives them a perspective. And you, you'd, you'd find, you know, people that would follow through, check in, you know, check back with you. And also check, you know, you need that follow through to check in on them. It's not, a, this is not a checkboxing exercise. Yeah. Commit to, to getting these guys and seeing how you can support their journey. You know, keep yeah. almost like pen pals, right? Monitor how they're doing and, you know, be part of that journey. Now, if we could do that across the industry, we'd see much more diversity. Even on stages, you know, in, in at e-commerce events, um, things are changing slightly. You know, you, you get the, the token, you know, few, you know, um, you know, black people coming on stage. I was at mm-hmm. your BOS. Um, the, I think um, somebody from Curdy Mix, I think. Um, there were a few, but they could be more. Yeah, um, absolutely. They, they, they came in and also the attendance, you know, um, there, you know, um, it, it could be, it could be diverse, you know, it, it could be, um, you know, I, I, I was there, you know, as, as a podcaster, you know, and um, I, I just think like you know, the, the system, at least in, in the States, um, rewards uh, this is my from my perspective to a certain degree it, it rewards um um shall i say um it rewards skill so if i come with a skill set it rewards value the capitalist yeah. system re- rewards value if i come with so if you have a problem and i come to you with a solution in america you the tendency for you to say no off the back of prejudices are lower than in many other places of the world, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but just there are just not many ethnic minorities at that position to offer that you know kind of value to, to yeah. the market, which which is which is a a major challenge, and it's change. It, it, it will change, and a lot of them, you know, are um, a lot of us are, you know, if we're in we're told we could do other things and, and then we, we, or we don't even know you have those, those options. Well, I think yeah. it's really gra- grassroots um, education really and um, support essentially. And um, we, we, we can help um, turn around the systemic tide, um, which is, you know, gripping not just the industry, but um, yeah, um, the, 
the the the, the entire you know um system the entire um skilled yeah um label markets yeah i'm i'm just reminded of you know my first internship marketing internship was you know a very low paying job i painted a wall i built some desks but at the same time i was you know sitting right next to someone who is doing now exactly what i do and if i think back on my journey like that that summer internship i was able to do they paid for me to do a hubspot certification course mm-hmm. um i i was having conversations and i was watching you know the seo guy explain to me what seo was and i never mm-hmm. heard of these things before and mm-hmm. as much as i like to think you know oh, i'm i'm kind of self-made and self-taught i i go back to that is where i I learned everything that I based my future career on and I was given that opportunity to do that. And yeah. I really like what you're saying that it, it it's, it's no longer just doing the passive thing of staying in our circles or just, you know, going through the first resumes and just taking, you know, the kind of someone that you just feel good about. It's actually turning that into a very active decision to think about diversity and to think about bringing in new perspectives from a very young age, because there also is this benefit that you get to kind of go on that journey with somebody and and help them learn the space and get into an area where they like. And I, I love how you're saying, you know, bring someone to shadow different areas of the business for a couple of weeks. It's, it's kind of a win-win, right? You're going to get a totally new perspective um, from age, from background, from ethnicity, from race, where, you know, this person may come in and say, hey, I'm actually seeing stuff that you guys are totally missing. This is the, this is the whole thing behind bringing in a consultant to your business is it's someone from the outside with a different perspective. So you get that benefit, but then also you're able to help someone then find the area that they're most interested in. And then you can kind of foster that relationship, foster that education and and you're ultimately creating probably the best kind of employee you could possibly have at your DTC business then by by bringing them in, letting them kind of find their passion, letting them see the whole business and giving feedback and then allowing them to kind of grow in the areas they want to with your business. It, it's It seems like a no-brainer, but it's something that's not happening in this space right now for sure. It's it's a win-win. And um, the, the final layer, the final icing to the cake is... When you empathize at that level, you look at the market um, from entirely from an entirely different set of eyes, from a from from a different perspective, because you all of a sudden you know see a spectrum of, of color, and you you'd find opportunity. You know those kind of people will help you, you know, spot opportunities in you know in in, in new markets and you know yeah. minority markets. So there's that, and even if it's it's not for that, this is the the right thing to 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 do. Um, you know, diverse workplaces. You, you find in conglomerates they they're, they're pushing for diverse. Well, some of them are pushing for diverse work work. Um, you know, um, workplaces to give different perspectives because those different perspectives help. You know, um, just service a an ever changing market. The market is changing with different kinds of people. And that should be represented proportionally in in organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, it, it's it's a it's a no brainer, um, and you know um, a, a lot needs to, to to be done. And if you, you, the potential of just giving someone an opportunity 
at an organization. Um, yeah. People react differently to it and the amount of energy they'll, they'll give. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the best thing to, to, to do, to be honest. Um, besides that, um, I think our children, you know, our children are, my, my son's nine years old. Um, the first time I ever heard about racism, um, I, I didn't, it was not even called racism. I just got to watch um, the Alex Haley movie Roots. Yeah. I was, I think it was 12. I was 12 and, um, it was traumatic for me. Um, so I remember, I, I, I still remember the, the next day I went to school, um, and we we're all talking about it. Um, cause we, we, we all were not educated around it. But yeah. you know, fast, fast forward a few years um, after in my teens, um, luckily we, we, we had cable, international cable TV. And on MTV, there's um, always this stuff about don't hate racism. And I just didn't get it, you know, because yeah. I was living in, in Lagos, Nigeria at the time. And I'm like, you know, what is this? Um, we're all black people here. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's, what's going on? Uh, I, did, I, didn't, I, I didn't know. Yeah, it's not, it's not until you know I I came into the UK, and you know it's 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 very passive here. You know it's 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 with language and you know subtle action and, and all. But you know it doesn't really bother. I built that immunity. You know all those years. So you know what will sort of rattle someone else up. You know will take a while for for me to be affected. You know. Um, yeah. By, by I have a, th- well, I think I have a, a thick skin. I think, yeah. Um, but explaining to my nine-year-old son what was going on, oh yeah, <laughs> has been very, very challenging. Because I, you know, you want to preserve their innocence for as long as you possibly can. Yeah. And um, I think we all need to educate our our children. Um, they're the next generation to to make the. I, I'd like to think that. The world is hopefully going to be a better place now with this generation, but I think mm-hmm. the next generation educating our children you know um, to about all of what is going on is 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 super super important and um, once everybody's vested our our families once we have you know families that that understand then our workplaces will you know also hopefully um, you know, transform because it's, it's really the people and the thinking and yeah. not to look at um, skin color names, you know, um, you know, th- th- there've been experiments where they, they, um, where, when people are sorting out CVs and they see weird looking names, they just toss away the CV, yeah. you, know, you know, and then when they look at more familiar names, there's the unconscious bias, you know, mm-hmm. so th- these, these need to be um, tackled and it, it is hard um, at the same time, um, it is possible and it should be proactive. You know, it's, it's, it starts from, from us right now um, with all the actions uh, that, that are taking place um, to, to, to recognize these biases and, you know, hopefully, um, you know, turn, turn, turn things around. I hope you just heard my dogs doing a nice little uh, scream. <laughs> I, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think in, in that education part to me has, a, I, I even have a very like visceral personal connection to this. I grew up in Texas. Um, I, I don't think I need to explain necessarily what that means. We had an entire year of Texas history and then covered racism in the U.S. in about a day 
of, of lessons is that there is obviously this, this disconnect. And as I've, I've gotten older, I've had so many of these moments where I look back and I'm shocked at how much systematically I encountered and how much I was even, you know, a part of it. And in 2012, this was a, a massive issue. I was in a high school where there was, you know, we went to a dance and it was one of those kind of country Western dances and you wore matching mm-hmm. shirts. And there were kids in our class who would wear Confederate flag matching shirts with their date. And it was mm-hmm. one of those things that was, there was no education around it. There was no one saying, you know, this is what racism is. It's still prevalent. It's, this is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. It, we just didn't know. And now looking back, it's almost, you know, I think this is one of those things a lot of us are going through, especially last week is that, looking back at our own lives and being like, wow, it's been around me. I've been a part of it. I've been part of the issue for years and I had no idea. And just thinking back that, you know, there was a year about you, uh, Texas history, but no lesson about what what slavery did to our country in the long run. No lesson about how racism is still, you know, around, how it's in the the classroom we were sitting in right there. There's no education around that. And having to kind of learn that as an adult is shocking. And one of those things that you just think about, like, okay, we need to obviously start to think about this in in educating our children that this is something that happens and this is something that's going on. And that's for, you know, both children of color and white children understanding, you know, someone you see on the street is, you know, it's teaching empathy, but in, in the sense around something that's really, really important and it's not being taught right now, at, at least in my personal experience, if anything, it's, being kind of shoved under the table and people don't want to talk about it. And that is what, what I'm, what I'm really hearing is, you know, it's tackling these unconscious biases by educating from the start and then being very proactive and aware as we're making decisions of, you know, where am I forgetting this education and, and how can I then stop and pause and actually think in a different light? Yeah. If the schools don't do it, you know, do it at home, you know, Mm -hmm. um, just, just do it at home. It's, and um, look for um, credible resources to to educate them. Um, and you know, all I want, all that that you know, all all all, well, all you know, I want. I'm talking from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Is you know, when I meet you, and you know, we we talk and we exchange. You just you know, um, we relate with each other like human beings. Just. Yes. Just that, you know, and um, you don't change. I know, obviously, again, you know, um, everybody's going to sort of adjust their personality, but um, it's more or less the actions you take. Um, You know, um, you just treat me as you treat anybody else. And that's what all of this is about, to be honest. (laughs) Um, However, some people don't even have the opportunity to relate with black people because um, of the space. Um, well, because of, of the experiences their everyday, you know, experiences do not really factor in, you know, um, and I'm not saying go and look for black friends or anything like that, but, you know, I'm saying, okay, maybe you can support causes, you know, researching and support causes that, that that'll help, you know, lift a lot of people in, yeah. you know, disadvantaged communities and, um, 
and you know, um, outreach or you know, mentor somebody proactively. I, um, I've I've done that in the past where I've you know looked at people with potential um, on social media, reached out to them directly. Um, mm-hmm. Black people, I have um, I've been approached numerously um, by um, by black people that look up to me. Um, so black people own who just started off their their e-commerce stores. Black people who have um, just um, started out their career. And um, they, they they're just asking me for for direction, and I, I yeah. look at you know them, and I just give them pro bono. Essentially, mm-hmm. you're young, you have a lot of time ahead of you. All you need is 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 right mindset, you know, right information. Yeah. Um, so if there's anything you could do from a distance, you know, there's there's no excuse that oh, you know, I'm I'm living in like yeah, in. In, in an area where, you know, it's, it's non-urban or I don't see, you know, um, you know, people of color, um, you, you can just, Instagram is a starting point. You know, <laughs> yeah. Twitter is another start, starting we point. We have you more can, access than we've ever had to people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or change your bio and say open to mentorship. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's so many ways we, we, we can help, you know, and just having, I can tell you, just having one call. Yeah. In a one-hour call with with someone who's you know just starting out the career once a month, you know, does a lot, yeah, a lot for them without you expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just to for the listeners if you're if you're thinking you know how can I actually help what what knowledge or skill set do I have that I can share with somebody? I think a really good practice is sit down and think about your timeline of your career and think about all the calls that you had with people, um, the, the things that were provided to you. I know there's been so many people who have just hopped on a 30 minute call with me and one conversation changes the way I proceed in the next week. And then think about what holes in my experience were there? What could I have had? What would have helped? What questions could I have answered that would have been, you know, what do I wish I had in my career? What kind of mentorship do I wish that I had? What was the hardest part of my career? And in using that as a guide to think through how you can actually help. I know there's gonna be a lot of people who listen and say, you know, I don't have anything to offer. I don't I, I don't know enough to offer a mentorship. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that that's false. That everybody has something they can offer because somebody offered that to you, and and there's something that you've learned that will be valuable to someone else. So really, just being a little bit brave and being a little bit confident, and then being really empathetic and understanding that whatever you have, you can share it because someone else might not have that. Yeah, I mean, simple a simple thing like um, you know someone commenting on on your post. And, um, you, you know, um, responding to them, you know, the courtesy of, you know, acknowledging their point mm-hmm. that could lead on to, you know, um, a private message where you, you, you offer your help or yeah. they ask you, you know, more questions more. And, um, you know, that, that has happened to me, you know, a few times, I also have um, some tips for for black professionals, you know, um, people of color who are um, starting out their careers or, um, you know, people who um, are thinking about a career in D2C or Mm -hmm. people who are struggling. Um, Many people struggling. I've struggled. Um, So 
basically, um, for me, what, what, what helped is just shamelessly promoting the heck out of yourself. Yeah. Don't, don't care. Mm-hmm. You, forget anything anybody's thinking and put yourself in front. Yep. Um, for me, I started writing a blog. Right. Um, and um, for me, I, I, started, I started hosting a podcast because I wasn't very cognizant of the functionality, the, the way the e-commerce industry worked. So I, I wanted to learn about, you know, how, what's this industry all about? So I, I set up a podcast and I started to yeah. learn, you know, I, I mean, I, my first, for my first four podcast interviews, I sent out 100 interview requests and got zero, absolutely wow. zero. I had to go out, you know, probably it could be something, you know, I did wrong. Um, but I had to change my strategy, change up my strategy. I had to dig into my network because I, I worked as an affiliate in the past and I reached out to um, one of the, um, the, one of the non-conglomerate, um, you know, um, stores that I worked for and I reached out to the owner. It was a shot in the dark and um, he said, yeah, why not? And he came mm-hmm. in and I'd always remember that first opportunity. Um, also, the other thing is, um, there for, for, for there are two kinds of um, black people I've seen. Um, the black people that have um, had most of their life experiences around only black people or br- yeah. black and brown people. And then there are other black people who've had their experiences in a much more diverse environment or a predominantly white environment. Mm-hmm. And so um, for my, 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 my black colleagues who've, you know, only been um, in an all black, you know, environment or, or, or an ethnic minority back, um, environment, um, just remember that um, you need to come out of your shell when professionally speaking, um, look at the world. It's, it's very difficult Um Look at the world as a as a wide spectrum. Um, understand that there are good people everywhere. There are also yeah. bad people everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. in, in those minority groups, there are good and bad people. Same thing. You know, across the world, same thing um, comes across. And not everybody will you know kind of look at you because of um, would would judge you because you know of who you are or you know what you are, the color of your skin. So be very positive. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing is network. You know, try and network a lot. You know, try and it's hard, you know, I've been to events where, you know, I'm standing, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally introverted and, uh, you know, I'm standing on my own and, and all, but, you know, the, the more often you do it, um, the, you learn, um, go to YouTube, learn um, how to network. Um, there are many videos there that'll teach you how to network at events. Um, you know, do that, learn, learn. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, technology is a, is a great equalizer, you know, use it to your full advantage. Um, you, you can, um, you know, run shows, um, on, on platforms. You could, you know, um, you, you just use technology, just maximize the use of technology. Um, yeah. If you want to run a store, there's the Shopify. Um, well, I, I really think, um, there's so many traps and sharks, you know, out there. So like, if you go to YouTube and you type out e-commerce, the big problem is the kind of advice you get and, you know, people trying to sell you you know, bottom of the barrel courses. <laughs> yeah. Be very careful. You have to be very mm-hmm. careful because that is not D2C. Yeah. You know, you know, that's not D2C. You know, dropship from China is not D2C. So mm-hmm. where you, you, you get your information from, you need to really validate, you know, you need to, to check. Um, you need to be professional um, um, because, you know, <clears throat> you see someone who talks like you selling you something on, on the internet doesn't mean that there's, there's, there's um, affinity. And I think, 
the final thing I want to say is, um, if anything, this this all um, this, this this has really helped me in the past few few years. If anything happens to you, right, um, objectively internalize the situation and say, what may I have done wrong first, right, mm-hmm. um, before you you build out to externalize the situation. Um, it's also helpful because that's also um, a behavioral cognitive therapy skill everyone yeah. should have. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone should have it. So um, we don't jump into conclusions um, yeah. very quickly and that will hold you very strong. And yeah, and you can reach out to me <laughs> for any further questions. If, <laughs> yeah. If, um, you're, um, you know, you're, you, you need further advice or, um, you know, help. Yeah. I I absolutely love these tips. Um, And we will make sure in the show notes, uh, Kuli, your Twitter is linked. Your Instagram is linked. Your everything is linked so people can reach out to you. And and I do want to just just kind of wrap and say, I think this kind of coming out of your shell and networking is a huge piece and it's for everybody. Um, for, you know, so a, a white woman like me who has this platform to speak on, reaching out and networking with people of color is something that I've now put into my practices. And it's something that I get a lot in my DMs is, you know, I'm sorry if I'm overstepping for getting in your DMs, but I have this quick question just, you know, just reach out to people. We are here to help. You will find there are, there are amazing people in this system. There are obviously bad apples, um, but just, you know, really authentically reaching out. That's for me in my career, how I got to where I was, was by just shamelessly reaching out to people and trying to talk to as many people as I can. And so that is, you know, we are here to support you. We want to learn from you. We want to learn with you. So, you know, reach out to any of us. The DTC family is here. We want to make this a much more even playing field and we want to bring in more perspectives. I, I think we all understand the power of more perspectives and it's something that the space really needs. So absolutely reach out to any of us in the space. Um, if anybody is mean to you, just let me know. I'm the mayor of DTC Twitter. So I will, uh, I'll put them in, in Twitter jail. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for this conversation. It, it's so eye-opening. It's so helpful to hear kind of some actual actionable things we can do in the space to make this a, a much better future. And I, I think we're headed in the right direction. And I appreciate you taking the time this morning, Kunli, and really talking through this. Uh, listeners, if you want to hear more from Kunli, just let us at Privy, let us and the, the Privy team know, and we will have him back on for more segments. I could talk about this for, I think you and I could talk about this for hours. So I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. A pleasure. A pleasure, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Here. 